Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cantina Hangout, the Mandalorian recap review show over here at the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Universa. Good morning. Good to uh, see you, my friend. Yeah, good good to see you, too. Yeah, what a a weird morning. (laughs) Um, Oh, you know what? Uh, We we, we don't really do plugs at the top of the show usually, but uh, I saw Beyond Skyline, uh, Uh a sequel to Beyond Skyline, Skylines, Skyline 3. Uh, it kicks ass. If if you're if you're into Beyond Skyline, you'll enjoy this too. I just want to recommend everyone go out there, go check it out because it's a new monster movie that you can watch from the safety of your own home, and that's awesome. Uh, unlike yeah. Monster Hunter, which is playing in theaters, right, right, just theaters in America. <laughs> uh, it's playing but, at a few drive-ins, you know. Yeah, but like, yeah. I looked up showings. Oh and yeah. It's what in uh, fucking genius. Yeah, you know, it's in the OC and it's in Pasadena. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, oh, I don't care. No, I don't care that much. I just uh, want to see the cats fight people. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, just for the top of the episode, uh, rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock, the original actor for Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace. That, passed away. That's too bad. I was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's understandable, but I wish they could have had some sort of like tribute to him um in the yeah US. i mean that i mean it literally like happened like moment of you know right. like the day of of release of the episode basically yeah so, it ha- yeah it that's understandable like, right yeah poor guy you know um but yeah uh yeah yeah parkinson's so yeah very rest, sad yeah rest in uh, peace thoughts to, to to his family and loved ones um on today's on today's show of course we're talking about the mandalorian season two finale um it's it's coming off the, the end of uh, we talked a little bit about it last week with our buddy Sean Fallon about like the big uh, Disney slate of Star Wars stuff and how there's some concerns going around like it might be a little too familiar but as long as they keep expanding outwards and stop sticking to original t- trilogy timeline stuff you know it could it could mm-hmm. still it could work these shows could be well made and I won't feel exhausted by them already right. I'm seeing very split opinions about this on Twitter. Uh-huh. I, I know we don't we, we don't spend too much time talking about this on like the the, the fan reaction to these things because that's just not what there's not really like a lot you can get from that usually. But I think right. this episode is a very particular case of a reason like like why we have to do that because I think something like this only exists because of fan reaction. Uh, but before we get into that, just overall thoughts, Gene. Did you like this episode? Um, yeah, I mean, in a in a vacuum, in a bottle, I think I uh, enjoyed this episode for the most part. Um, probably disagreed with it towards the end, but um, up into like maybe the first because it was like forty minutes. Maybe like the first like thirty minutes were uh, pretty good. Like having the dark troopers um, in there, like you know, it, it was really good uh, in terms of storytelling. Like you see the dark troopers get out you see the functions of the door and like the scene where he's fighting the dark trooper and the other ones are like trying to break through and he launches them in a space pod. really good sequence um you know i was waiting for that dark trooper stuff even though it kind of didn't really pay off in the long long run <laughs> yeah we'll get into that later but yeah all the sequences like that or uh you know seeing uh like boba fett and uh meet uh bo katan that was that was a great great moment um i don't know if you could call that fan service but i wanted to see those two characters interact um 
and it's cool to see how uh, like uh, combined and consolidated the Clone Wars era of uh, Star Wars in terms of the 2008 show um, and the old trilogy got in a scene together with Boba. So that, that was really neat. I, was, I thought that was uh, some good writing right there and their like uh, dichotomy and playing off of each other, how Boba kind of like shit talks uh, Bo-Katan. Yeah, and uh, Bo-Katan kind of shit talks him too. Like she's a little uh, arrogant. I always like Bo-Katan, but seems like she's like a little like dismissive of other um, of other Mandalorians. Yeah, I, I really liked that scene a lot too. And I, I guess that's the kind of like quote unquote fan service that still service like the story because, you know, uh, pretty much in every episode we've done this season for this show, uh, us and the guests have like said the most interesting stuff in the Mandalorian show is like the actual uh, like uh, dealing with the identity of like what a Mandalorian even is because, you know, it's not just like interesting because like it's fan debates. Like it, there's a mythology in the show that mm-hmm. the characters are basically trying to parse out, you know? Right. And it All looks the... like next season that's what it's going to be kind of about. And so yeah. that scene where Boba Fett meets Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian, it's like three different perspectives on Mandalorian culture right there. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that, that's interesting, you know? Uh, I wonder, did Boba never interacted with Bo-Katan and the Clone Wars? I can't remember, like any Mandalorian, right? Just really the clone troopers. Just the clone troopers, and when he tried to kill Mace Windu. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah, other bounty hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bo Katan is like a straight up asshole to him. I kind (laughs) of like that, though. Yeah, no, it it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, I I like your note about the Dark Trooper action. That's my favorite part of the episode. mm -hmm, That was so much fun. Peyton Reed is a really good action director. Yeah. I think. Uh, Of course, this episode um, is called The Rescue, directed by Peyton, Peyton Reed. And he he is not the problem with this episode. No, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> he's he's very good at this. Don't yeah. know if I want to like like with Rick Famuyiwa, Deborah Chow, and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm like, give them a full feature. Like, I I think they got it. I don't know about Peyton Reed. Yeah, that's interesting. But he's good here. Yeah, they uh, you know, he he does a really good job. He's uh, you know, who would have thought the Bring It On director? Me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you first saw Bring It On, you're like, oh, this is the guy. Yeah, this the give him Star Wars. No, no, I didn't think right. that. But he's he's a he's a good director. I want him to get away from this stuff and be able to make his own movies again. You know, like yeah, uh, uh, Down with Love is a really underrated movie. And uh, but yeah, everyone just watch Peyton Reed's other movies. They're they're all solid. No. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even like uh, I enjoy Bring It On. There you go. Yeah, Bring It On's really good. It's it's a uh, good sports movie. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, he, he did a good job with this episode and just seeing all the interactions and everything. That was one of the better parts of this episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then yeah, just seeing it all like contemplate into one uh, giant action sequence was the whole thing and seeing how the Mandalorians fight and everything. Really interesting, really interesting, I would say. Then um, uh, Kitty Sackhoff is, uh, you know, her Bo-Katan, who would have thought... Um, just voicing one character would lead all to lead to this. So it's cool to see her have like more to do. Yeah. I, I'm part of my concern, which is obvious we're going to get to it is that like looking back at the season now, I liked all these episodes and I was like, no, no, it doesn't matter if they're going to go to a spinoff because like these characters, they're not going to make all, all of them have spinoffs, which is ultimately <laughs> what we're finding out is happening. Right. But like, I like that these stories were all contained in this one series. It made it feel so much bigger 
and it like just totally got the vibe of Star Wars. And then yeah. you see them roll out all these different spinoffs on this platform, and it's like, oh, like it almost puts like a bad taste in my mouth afterwards. Yeah. It doesn't make them lesser because they're just good on their own, in my opinion. But right. it it does kind of like frustrate me because it's like, well, it, what's this worth then? Yeah, I, I think the, the thing with the spinoffs. Um, again, I don't want to sound uh, cliche, like it's a, it's like Marvel or what have you, but it felt like a little sort of hollow. It felt very, not very subtle about what it was doing. Um, yeah, just it felt very like uh, marketed and uh, like. Uh, trying to think of the right word where something's just in there to like spin things off or that's like a trailer well, it's it's, it's it's like branding it's branding that's yeah, branding at a certain point if you're trying to just market and brand you're not yeah. going to be able to tell a story you know right like you yeah, can't I, survive like that and, and again we don't we don't like dislike like post-credits things or uh you know uh setting things up for future adventures but the obviousness of it felt a little like obnoxious yeah. I think that I think that's the that's the issue is the obviousness of it and like the lack of uh, like subtleness about it, you know. I yeah, think completely, was, completely, you know. And and yeah. uh, we didn't get too much into it last week because last week's episode, which I think it wipes the floor with this one, right? Like by a lot because that's when I was excited about this show still. Mm -hmm. um, but like even when we were talking about like the stuff that is getting spun off, you know, I, I'm not even like opposed to one or two of these like existing. Yeah. It's just that it's all of these things existing. It's, it's very, it's, over all. it's very overwhelming. I found it, it's very overwhelming and it's all coming from like a general place of sameness. You know, like I started watching yeah. the Mandalorian documentary for the first season. Okay. And it's, it's like a good documentary, you know, that right. has like, Oh, this prestige is presented with like, this is the most important thing ever. But when the, the artists start talking, it's like really great to hear what they have to say about the process and stuff like that. Right. Like someone like and, uh, Doug Chang or someone. Yeah, like, yeah. Or even like the director's roundtable, you know, like the way they're talking about like how, you know, it really is just kind of like a scrappy production unit. You know, it's, a, it's an expensive television show, but it's also like we're kind of, we have a game plan, but there's only so much you can bring to a game plan like there's only so much game plan you can bring to a set on the day of right like anyone right. who's ever worked in a film set just knows that happens right? <laughs> yeah just... and that there's like a beauty to that and that's really exciting mm -hmm. and then you you hear all of this stuff and it's just like oh yeah i want to yeah. hear i i need to hear more of this documentary stuff for season two i mm -hmm. need to hear john favreau and dave filoni explain it with a straight face why they thought this those last 10 minutes like were a good idea oh, i need yeah. to know why no one shot that mm -hmm. down because those last 10 minutes like i just felt like the the look on my face of like enjoyment of the episode the episode overall is solid it's not great mm -hmm. i'm not in love with it but it's solid right. but i could just feel everything like like a balloon deflating like oh no and they're like it's an x-wing and i was like they wouldn't yeah they fucking wouldn't uh, it's and like they stumbling. did the glove and the lightsaber and i was like you know you know okay so i guess we're gonna go right into that scene uh i think well, we have to yeah because it's like kind of the elephant in the room it felt okay so luke skywalker appears there you go um and yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of uh, telegraphing what it was going to do um, in terms of the last couple episodes and even in this episode. But like, it reminded me of a fan film, and I don't I don't mean that I don't know as like a 
like a put down or whatever but like i'm not saying like you know this scene was terrible because it looks like a fan film there's some really well shot fan films for sure yeah i mean well really quick just like the beauty of fan films uh whether or not we think they're good it's like it's coming from a place of love you know it's like yeah. i love star wars so much i want to play there with the tools that i have that's a yeah. good thing yeah exactly this is a hollywood production one of the biggest productions in the world and it yeah. looks so bad yeah it's just like it, it felt like the beats of like exactly a bloodless fan film would have and like it's just like uh you know like not showing the face of luke and uh, uh having him being hooded <laughs> and everything it just it felt very like yeah it felt like a fan film and it's like am i watching uh you know the star wars production or am i watching like a youtube channel um it, you know like there's like it entered this like uncanny valley of like oh this is kind of weird and i i think that's just my general thought like i didn't uh because i you were you were texting uh after the episode and you had some really strong reactions i don't think i had like uh like from futurama do you remember uh i have no strong feelings one way or the other yeah i just kind of felt like that it was like just like this just feels really weird and like bizarre um like i guess like in a vacuum like maybe it would be cool in a video game but it felt just weird like um just strange i guess it's such a uh, i can't like process it like did that really happen it's yeah, kind of my it, general reaction it totally just like it made me reject everything i was enjoying about the show mm -hmm. like it put up a wall and i was like oh i'm on the i'm on the outside of this now like yeah I'm looking for a way back in. And I don't mean this to sound like an overreaction because I'm not like, yeah. like, you know, when I, when I tweet things like prison, right. I don't actually mean I want to put someone right. in prison. I'm just being a facetious nerd, right. but if it is you, a little upsetting. Right. So if you look at, if you're watching us on video, you can see Diego's drinking tea. Uh, he looks yeah, coffee, just, but okay. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. You're like he looks pretty, you know, pre pretty mellow. Like you're not having like, I'm going to like burn uh paint. Uh, John Favreau's house down, <laughs> but yeah, yeah kind no. of uh, just processing what you're feeling right now. So yeah. I'm not going to tweet at him that he ruined Star Wars, right. you know, because I'm an right. adjusted, a well enough adjusted adult, I'll say. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know what to to make of this. It's just, uh, it's just odd. Uh, um, I guess, and even like stuff like Mark Hamill's voice, like. Like your brain can't like process like this image of, uh, you know, because obviously CGI, the face technology has improved a lot since Tron Legacy. Again, Which we just talked about. Okay. Very, very proud of that episode. Yeah, that, nice, nice lots of merit in that one. And uh, the other thing too is that the, uh, like the voice of Mark, it felt like, uh, I'm trying to think of some other people that have voiced Luke in the last couple of years, but just something about it like did they like digitally like uh like uh sound edit his voice to sound more younger did they put any filters and like my brain couldn't accept like oh like it was probably mark but at the same time i never know i could never know if they changed anything um and just like it was like my brain just couldn't like process uh the the information it was seeing and like you know yeah no i think it i mean he gets credited so it was him so but like was, yeah the the voice it sounds like it sounds like it's kind of like speaking like this, like yeah. behind uh, something else, and I don't understand. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's not Sebastian Stan. If it was Sebastian Stan, right. I would have like jumped into traffic or something. But <laughs> yeah, now so I I'm guess like, let's, oh let's, no, uh, we could talk about that because there was a lot of fan pensions, fan art, 
on Reddit posts about Sebastian Stan, and I'm sure like uh, probably someone at Disney had to see it and like either really ser- seriously considered it or Sebastian Stan just like laughed it off and like, no, I'm not doing this. I you think know? next season, because the reaction to the CGI, like almost across the board has, has been negative. Yeah. Uh, even for the people that loved it. But some fans are like, this is Star Wars at its finest. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, what that, the fuck are you talking about? Right. I mean, um, again, like, cause we're not like, uh, you know, we're not like telling you like, uh, don't enjoy it, but like, um, you know, uh, we're not trying to uh, nitpick or whatever. We're just talking about this and saying this is the greatest scene in the history of uh, Star Wars. It's like, it's a little bit reactionary and like, that's a little too soon to say like of all Star Wars, like, like, is it better than uh, Han and Leia saying goodbye in Empire Strikes Back? Is it better than Luke defeat, like redeeming his father? Like, you, you really can't say after uh, an hour of processing your, what you just saw, that's the greatest thing ever. Like, I can't even, yeah, I can't even say that about anything. Yeah, I, and you know what? To, to kind of drive the point home even further, I think like the film fund, I mean, the film, the, the series fundamentally misuses Luke Skywalker. Like I am um, like honestly, this show? Sh- the show, yeah, okay. The Mandalorian. I think this is far more a betrayal than anything in the sequel trilogy, <laughs> which yeah. even with my gripes and Rise of Skywalker, like yeah. I, I'm just bummed Mark Hamill doesn't get to give a better performance really in that one. Yeah, but like I mean, here, it's like he gets to do his Rogue One thing. And I, I, I'm not going to say names because I don't know if the person wants to be mentioned, but a friend of mine mentioned that like if J.J. Abrams had done the, the last jedi he would have given luke skywalker his badass moment where he's cutting down stormtroopers and that we agreed that would have been the worst thing ever so right. naturally the mandalorian gives him that moment <laughs> against uh the ba- i mean thankfully it's battle droids and not human beings this time because luke is a pacifist right mm-hmm. but it's still weird because it presents it as like this almost like religious moment like this great savior salvation Mm-hmm. coming for them and i luke skywalker is my favorite star wars character yeah but i i don't buy that that's him not just because of the face but like the actions and the presentation and even like the minimal dialogue that you get out of him it's not like it doesn't feel like him yeah it feels like someone's dream of like a perfect version of luke skywalker right it, it feels very manufactured mm-hmm and it's like the the, the charm of luke skywalker is his fallibility and like his heart and this mm-hmm. is a very cold stoic version of that like the opening of return of the jedi which is this is straight up like remember how cool that was and like i agree um it's a it's a persona he's putting on for the gangsters right. his friends know it's still luke skywalker a big old goof even though mm-hmm. he knows his shit he's he's a goofball he's a, he's a little kid right mm-hmm and here it's like no 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 but this is what he's really like if he's he's so fucking cool he's topping up blaster droids and you see when he cut that one in half and it's right and um it's just i don't get it yeah i uh yeah i don't know i mean i just i mean i guess like it was good choreography um uh i don't know know. what it reminded me of it reminds me of that vader versus obi-wan fan remake yeah yeah and then once i once that hit my brain I was like, we, we lost Star Wars for a while. I think <laughs> yeah, for right now, I the bet, snake's going to eat its own tail for a little Yeah, I bet Favreau for sure saw that. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and, you know, like it's that works in like 
the sequel trilogy because it's like characters that are like inept and angry all the time like purposefully i think that's why those fights work in that series those fights wouldn't work in the same capacity if they were in the other six films Mm -hmm. but like i think for like i'm not even saying like star wars is dead or whatever like i just right now it's very clearly sticking to this one corner of the universe Mm -hmm. primarily at least right um, and so the snake's going to eat its own tail for a little bit. And right, like, I, it's, it's not real, so I'm like, I can live with it. I'm not declaring like the death of an institution or something like that. Just, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, you know, I could, I was just talking to someone and they were saying that, uh, you know, they should have used like a real actor. They should have used Sebastian Stan. I'm like, well, that really wouldn't work either because it's just like, that takes you out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was some, like in an alternate universe where it's Sebastian Stan, that would kind of take you out of it too, um, as well. Like you would have to adjust to it. Um, and like I don't know. I mean, for for Ahsoka, it's, it's a little bit different in terms of what have you. But I felt like if it was just Ahsoka that came back, that would have worked. You know, it w- it would have been better, I think, for yeah. this story. And like, like she changed, I guess. Yeah, and she, she was like, you know what? You're you're right. Like he needs to go with the jedi for now and so do i and there you go like what does that mean does that mean to get killed by kylo renzo i don't know like whatever it, it's there's more story to be told in the mandalorian yeah but the fact that it's like the mandalorian is now more than ever pulling from other aspects of the star wars universe to tell its own story right it's and i feel like it's almost lost its own story and yeah, I before think I it, criticize a little bit more, I do want to talk about that. But sorry, go ahead. I just cut you off. Yeah, I just I think it's breaking its own rules and trying to create like a self-contained sort of tale. And it's it's really because I mean some of it worked. I mean, seeing Bo Katan worked, um, Boba Fett, who I love, um, seeing seeing him talk and uh show like where he's been, uh, and contrast that with uh, uh the Mandalorian, it, it worked, it worked, and uh yeah, it's kind of uh, really uh, not catering but it's really like like amping up this like no nostalgia factor where it's like its greatest strength but then it's also its greatest weakness yeah um i i like all the stuff with the actual like emotional and physical conflict of the characters that we've mm. already known in the show yeah it's literally those last 10 minutes that are just like wow this nosedive so fast right um, and, and the moment when Grogu and the Mandalorian say goodbye to each other, right? And he takes off his mask. That's a beautiful moment. That's a really great moment. Yeah. That's like that's the amazing. moment of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And then it's just surrounded by like this swirling fecal matter being thrown by incompetent <laughs> monkeys, you know? Ah, that's a little strong. Maybe that's <laughs> a little strong. That's yeah, a little sorry, strong sorry. To say, but like, but. yeah, it's, it's just um that's a great moment but i think it's just also like just all the luke stuff is just uh, not getting in the way but it's, it's a little distracting to, and it takes away from that moment i felt it was just a bit distracting to have that uh on your brain as like you're going through this emotional scene which is in and of itself like a really touching scene like he uh you know kind of gives up his uh, creed in a way uh he already did i guess in the last couple episodes and like He's, you know, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of a similar moment. Like, I don't, I, like, why does my brain think of like old yeller or something? <laughs> but like, uh, I'm trying to think there was a fucking thing where uh, someone gives up their, like, I don't know. Like, so- white thing? No, like Sophie's Choice or something. Like, 
I don't know, like where it gives up the child because it's like, you know, I'm not Sophie's choice, but like, I yeah, don't it's know. a little, a little different. Here. Yeah. Oh, it's like, uh, it's like Kay Arnold. Do you remember that one where, uh, the, his neighbor had to give up his daughter during the, uh, uh, at the end of the Vietnam War. Oh, and right, right. Yeah. Like so that. She could, so you could be safe. You'd be safe. It's like that. He's like, ultimately, he was this child's father. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like Kay Arnold in Star Wars. I guess that works. There but, you go. Yeah, like he he had to give up because it's like, um, you know, he couldn't really help the child's needs because it's obviously force sensitive. It's it's going through a lot, and then like. I don't know if he could protect it any longer. He lives pretty dangerously and like Moff Gideon and all the Imperials are going to be on his tail. Like, I mean, it objectively would be better with a Jedi. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very emotional yeah. growth for him. Yeah. You, you totally hit the nail on the head there. It's, I mean, the season has like an arc for him, you know, which is nice. And it's like a very touching one. Like at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, you know, what's like the first thing we hear him say is like, wherever I go, he goes. And yeah. now he has to let him, it's a, it's such a good moment mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm very upset about everything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, no, was no. An inter- there was an interview mm-hmm. that I, I, I should have clipped from with you uh, by, or someone that was interviewing Michael Arndt who had written Toy Story 3 at the time and was writing the initial drafts of what would become The Force Awakens. And he was also part of, of leading up The Force Awakens. He ended up not writing all of it. It was uh, Michael who Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams ended up writing the script for The Force Awakens. But the big point of contention between all of them was that if Luke shows up in this movie when we're introducing new characters, he becomes the elephant in the room. He takes yeah. the, the audience's attention away from everything else because it's Luke fucking Skywalker. That's yeah. not something you can just kind of toss into a story well, and have it like flow naturally. That has to become the focal point. Yeah, it's so it's like weird that, that it happens at the end of season two. It's like uh, the Poochie factor. Do you remember from that Simpsons episode, Poochie, where they're like pitching Poochie, and it's like he's such a cool character. When he's not in the room, everyone's gonna be like, "Where's Poochie?" <laughs> yeah, know, but everyone, it's like that if it was real. If it was real, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, you know, when Luke's not there, they're like, "Where's Luke? Is he gonna be in here?" And you know, um, there's a very, I'll say, very fair argument that people are saying like well what did you expect to happen like this is yeah. it's the if it's in with the timeline of um the show was clearly like this is the most natural reaction to like natural consequence to the show being set in this timeline you know what right. i completely concede and i'll say that's part of the problem yeah i think with all these spin-offs and everything like that them being set in roughly the same time period puts like this creative roof over everything yeah where they can't really fulfill their full potential because you can't shift the central narrative of the original trilogy the prequel trilogy the sequel trilogy they now have to fit in like puzzle pieces and that could be kind of fun right like there's good prequels out there yeah uh but it's it's not something i'm interested in and i think it's it's branding not storytelling Right. Which is very disappointing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, suspic- you know, I agree with you there. I was going to say the, uh, for specifically uh, for Luke, the other side of that coin is uh, like how they use Boba, where it's like I was a big uh, Boba Fett fan, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in a lot of things where Boba was used, I felt pretty content in how he was used. Like I wasn't thinking like, oh, is Boba Fett going to come back? What have you. Where it's like in the missions, you get that he's like older, 
he's not as nimble as he used to be. And he's like, he's just going to hang back and he's either going to be the driver of their heist or like the pilot because he's just like, you know, he's like, well, I'm good in a ship and like I can't, you know, I'm getting older. And like you, you felt pretty like content of like knowing Boba's being used, but like for all of these other missions, like, you know, it's not too, there's not too much good you could do if you have, uh, you know, Mando or someone on the ground. So, and like, you know, when they used them, it was like really appropriately, like they, the sonic boom uh, in the Slave One, how he just helps them all out. And yeah, I felt very content with Boba and I wasn't constantly, he wasn't constantly on my mind. So let me ask you before we get to the yeah. Twitter responses, because I think we got a nice little breadth of responses here. Mm-hmm. The Book of Boba is the last spinoff that they announced at the end of this as a post-credit scene. Right. How do you feel? I don't know if that's like a spinoff or if it's just the next season. That's also the question on everyone's yeah, mind. That's, that's, I've read conflicting things that it's gonna the storyline's gonna center on Boba, like it is called the Mandalorian. It's not called uh, Dijun. Jin, Jin, mm-hmm. you know, it's not called that, so it could, you know, center on that, but you know, again, uh, is he a Mandalorian? I don't know, but I don't know, I, I don't really know if it's a spin off, I, I can't really say for sure. I don't want to come off as like reactionary, but um, but just okay, let's rephrase it's simply a question of uh, storyline centered on Boba. Um, I'm pretty, I would be fairly excited for, it, I guess, yeah, fairly interested. Um, seeing Bib Fortuna like fat and overweight, that was cool. And Jabba's palace, the Gamorrean guards. Uh, I guess he took over for Jabba, even though they destroyed the palace or no, they destroyed it. They city. destroyed the barge, the barge. Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, I did that. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, so, they didn't. credit where it's due, they, they did their homework. Yeah, um, so that was that was, um, yeah, that was cool. I mean, uh, it's an interesting thing to do with Boba because like we saw enough of Boba to get where he's coming from, but we don't. We don't really like see his like uh, his like moral or his ethics or like just what he thinks of the world, his worldview, what he wants. He's just kind of like indebted to uh, to the Mando, I guess, for for his armor because you know he's a, more or less an honorable guy. I got that, um, but it seemed like he did change. So interested in seeing what's he what he's planning. I mean, it seemed like he always had an ulterior motive or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I if it were a continued part of the Mandalorian series, then it was just like a subplot mm-hmm. that was going on, right? Um, I would be much more interested. I yeah. I'll wait and see. I like Tamar Morrison a lot. I yeah. like the opportunity for Ming Na Wen to be able to act more on screen because she's yeah. a badass. Mm-hmm. I she has a season one character problem where it's just like I don't know who that person is still. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. But hopefully they could do something with that. Yeah, because uh, it's Ming Na Wen. She's fucking awesome. I, I will say I did like that scene as like a post-credit thing. Um, I will say that because it kind of reminded me of like Unforgiven at the end, where it's just like Clint Eastwood goes in the bar, just fucking kills everyone. You know. Uh, I I don't know. It's I I heard the clown shoes come on with that one a little bit, but oh, you know what? Yeah. Credit where it's due. That image of him and uh, Ming Na Wen sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. good image and the yeah. book of boba don't hate it don't hate the it, name right. the, the title i don't hate it and yeah. i like the last image uh that's that's good enough for me yeah all my all my red flags that came up they they got blown away by the the, the shit storm i guess we'll say but some some reactions here at mm-hmm. jacob knight 
thought it felt very sugary. And while there's definitely a lot of emotional stuff there, some of the fights felt lacking and the episode moved too quickly and don't care too much about Boba though. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like Boba Fett now. Yeah, <laughs> so, there, you, there you go. Converted another to the, to the Holy Book of Boba. <laughs> uh, at first. Rain Rainwater, our buddy from the Tron Legacy episode. Again, please check it out because that one, that's also a movie with much better facial uh, CG work. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Loved that I thought the fake out was Ahsoka coming on board. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the glove. Also, the parallels to Rogue's one lightsabers scene was amazing. Interested to see if season three will be about Boba, not Mando. Same concern. Uh, you're dead fucking wrong about that scene being amazing but that's okay i still love you and i'll, I'll see you guys <laughs> next year when it's safe yeah. Uh, but yeah that I, I did not i did not care for that um oh at matt bellismo just sent a uh, a gif from into the spider-verse when peter parker is laying back saying i am so tired All i right. respect that <laughs> um uh any last thoughts i got two more to run through but any, anything else we want to we want to mention about this just uh like as a series as a whole, or just the whole this yeah, the series as a whole season finale. We're, we're, this is going to be the last one for a while. Yeah, yeah, for a while. So. I think this was a pretty solid season. Didn't stick the landing, um, but but I appreciate it for what it tried to do, um, uh, what it was doing with a lot of legacy characters and Clone Wars characters. Seeing Bo-Katan in live action was great. Uh, I guess the way they use Ahsoka didn't hurt and, uh, you know, gave me back Boba Fett and made him an actual character and, uh, you know, made me uh, not get shit from people for liking him in public discourse. Because they'll say he's not a character and now they're wrong. So joke's on them. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it just, I just wish it just didn't, I don't know, like try to meet everyone's expectations. Like as a storyteller, sometimes you just can't, like you simply can't. And I felt it just went a little ways in the direction. Like, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I guess that's my assessment. I'm not saying they're, they made the worst choice possible or trying to critique or whatever, but I just felt like they catered a little too much to just pleasing everyone. And sometimes that happens, you know, but hopefully maybe they learned some lessons from the season. Yeah, I mean, hey, they learned from the first season for real fucking right. sure. So there you go. I was wrong about the show before. I would love to be wrong again. I honest yeah. to God would because I really enjoyed watching the season. I enjoyed doing these recaps. And I enjoyed doing these hangouts. Um, I I really hope that they, they do get it together because it's literally just like the last 10 minutes where I was like, it blew up in my, it felt like it blew up in my face or yeah, something threw a pie like, in my face. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you got a flat tire on the freeway. Yeah, yeah for, for real. Um, I don't know. Just, just I really wish they didn't announce all the spinoffs, then I could keep fighting some excitement. Uh, yeah, it it does feel like <laughs> like I mean the snake eating its own tail, like I said, and I hope that um, people remember that this is just one thing in in their life in the world. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, if you're if you're unhappy about it, if anything, it should serve as a reminder that. Ultimately, we are going to need new stories. It can't all just be Star Wars and stuff like that now, you know? Yeah. It can't all just be spinoffs. If, if Star Wars ain't going to tell new stories, it's, it's up to you, the, the viewer, the other artists out there. So just something to keep in mind as we head into the new year. Yeah. Uh, at Minodi said, 
plenty of questions to be asked, kind of felt too abrupt and needed a bit more closing, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, and at Ilya Glasgow had the good sense to binge watch the entire season before the finale and boy, did it pay off. Once you see the story in full, it's actually a pretty clever coming of age story where every annoying side quest helps characters grow. That's what I'll say. They, all the side stuff I love. Everything yeah. everyone was complaining about, I love this year. Right, yeah. So, there you go, I, I think they're right. Um, also, I'll, I'll uh, make sure to, to highlight his reviews there in Russian so you got to translate them. Oh, okay. But very, very excellent writer, very good Twitter personality, L- lovely, lovely fella. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all this character side stuff, that's like my favorite stuff in the show. That's what I want more of, you know? And hope, hopefully they'll find a way to balance that next year with that and Giancarlo Esposito and Chains and also the conflict between the Dark Saber now and yeah like, that's all interesting shit I mean yeah right like, better than like you know nostalgia so yeah and I love the Dark Saber Dark Saber is kind of like the it's like the Infinity Cube or the Tesseract whatever the fuck where it's like kind of yeah. you have to do a little bit of math to figure out where it is in the timeline but when but when you figure it out, you're like, oh, that makes sense. And like, that's pretty neat, you know, like the way they're using it. And it's, it's a thing that travels through Clone Wars, Mandalorian, and wait, God damn it, Clone Wars, <laughs> Rebels, and then Mandalorian, so you have to do that. And it, yeah, it's, it's uh, such a pivotal object and it's so cool. It's like, a, it's like an expanded universe uh, idea that was good. Now we have it like fully realized. Yeah, and I, I hope the show continues to realize it, its true potential is in its own stories, not in the stories of others. For the yeah. love of God, if yeah. they start, if they're just using this as a launch pad for other shows, even next year, I, I will probably stop doing these. Yeah. Or if, it, or yeah. honestly, if it just continues to be as bad as the last ten minutes, I don't know how much more we can do. But yeah, I hope that's not the case. Um, yeah, so, Gene, so. where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And you can follow me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. We can get early access to other stuff. Some uh, extra Christmas goodies coming up. I, I'm, I'm whipping up some, some last-minute stuff. Uh, may, maybe some other, other neato stuff for Christmas. Uh, who, who, who knows? Who knows? And uh, stay safe. Happy New Year. If this is the last thing you're going to watch from us for the rest of the year, we'll be back yes. in January. Please. We'll be planning out what what what's going on for the new the, world. Yeah, for the new world, we got a vaccine now. Let's hope they share it. <laughs> All right, that was dark. Um, but th- again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. We have been professionally unprofessional. Bye-bye.